And I think we are live. Um, I, I think everything is working okay now. I don't know. Chat, let me know in the audience. I'm using a totally different new program and everything now. Um, Hargeet, you can hear me. Yep. Okay. So yep. <laughs> uh, let us know if you can hear both of us. Um, yeah. So uh, a, a lot of issues that were um, going on behind the scenes there. Uh, I couldn't hear the audio. It was rerouted to my television. Like, it was a mess. It was a mess, people. Uh, but I am here. So is Hargeet. We are here for Games Talk Live. Another weekend, another Sunday. We're going to have a great time today. We got a lot to talk about. We had the developer direct that just happened uh, Thursday, last Thursday. Um, some good games. Some, uh, in my opinion, not so good games were shown, but... Uh, we will get into that. It's all opinions at the end of the day. People don't crucify me or Hargeet if we don't agree on certain things, but that's what it's about. Gaming is a very selfish hobby. And uh, yes, I'm very selfish when it comes to gaming. Um, Hargeet, uh, what have you been up to this week, sir? Yeah, I've been mostly uh, playing um, the new Prince of Persia, uh, which is okay. <laughs> I'm like kind of getting to the point of maybe I'll continue or not. It's uh, it's decent. Uh, you know, the, the headache I always run into with any platforming game is I always end up comparing it to Mario, and Mario is just still world class. <laughs> All the little things they try to do with these games with platforming puzzles just get more and more irritating. Just whatever. It is what it is. Like fine. Uh, if you liked um, Ori, you'll like this a lot. Uh, it's got a lot of the same kind of feel. Um, there's certainly a Prince of Persia story with it. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's decent. I'd put it in the seven and a half to eight category. Uh, we'll, I don't know how much I've put probably like 15 hours into it or something like that. But, uh, yeah, a lot we'll of people are, are liking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's decent enough and, uh, I haven't played anything else, but, uh, I guess this new one that just came up, pal world. Oh, taking yeah. everything over. <laughs> not played that yet oh but uh everybody's talking about that <laughs> yeah so um i've been actually one of those people uh my son and i have been playing a lot of this pal world um i i i didn't expect much of this game at all it's very much a survival game with like pokemon type creatures in it people were calling it pokemon with guns However, I, I find that it's, uh, Hargeet, your volume, they say, is very low. Is there any way to turn that up at all? Yeah, I'll try to do that. Hang on. Let's yeah. See. And then let me, and then you can talk and we can make sure that you're getting up there. This is the one thing that I was worried about with this program. Yeah, so I'm at like mostly full. I'll try to see if I can bump it even higher. Uh, let's see. Okay. All right, that's max. All right, is that any oh, better, guys? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it might be a level on your side. I'm not sure. Hmm. A level on my side. See, this is what I was worried about with all these freaking different. <laughs> mm, yeah. Let me see if I can go into here and do anything for you because. Okay. Let me see. 
I'll go up here and add some, let's see if I can add a little bit of gain for you. See what happens. I'm sorry, folks. I know this is very riveting right now. Um, go ahead and talk. Hello, hello, hello. How's that sounding, guys? Is that better? All right, go ahead and say something again. Hello, hello. Is that right. better? Can you hear me better All right. now? All right, okay. Okay, so they're, they're saying Hargeet's good. Maybe you're good now. Let's let's right. let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> let's start the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm playing a bunch of Power, Power World uh, along with my son. My son's playing as well. And he's actually helped me a lot with this type of game because I don't know anything about it. He said me. Uh, he, he he said to me um, the night I downloaded it and stuff. He goes, Dad. He goes, I know people are calling this Pokemon with guns, but this is more like Ark Survival with Pokemon. And yeah. I was like, huh, interesting. I never played Ark, so I have no idea. So what I did was, um, I, I, I I was playing this game, and then I, you know. I love a lot of creation in games. And when you could build bases and stuff, it's, I don't know, I get lost in that stuff. So I started doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, you build your little base, you build your little Pokemon, or not Pokemon, but pal, freaking little uh, sleeping areas, and they're feeding, you know, areas and all this stuff. And you get these little creatures to basically become your slaves and do all your work for you at the camp. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really weird. Um, but this game is really like, it, it's, it's a bunch of games in one. It's like taking from so many other games. I mean, we're talking arc Zelda, uh, freaking, um, all kinds of different games. Just, I mean, the Zelda aspect I mean, you can climb literally just about everything, trees, rocks, side of cliffs, but your stamina, you know, will prevent you from going so high, just like in, in Zelda. Um, and you also have like a little hang gliding thing. It's, they call it a parachute, but it does kind of the same thing that it did in uh, Zelda. Um, and you just run around and you get these pals and you fight bosses and you fight the syndicate, which, which are like other people. Um, that come after you and stuff. Uh, but there's also a multiplayer aspect of it. There's uh, that component. And what I hear is, and I don't know if this is true, but I hear that on the Series X, you can have up to four people play in your world. But on PC, you can have 32. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's such a big difference. And I don't know why, because yeah. this, this game is not very graphically demanding whatsoever. Um, uh, you know, uh, but it, it is what it is. It's a simple little game that's fun. And it's kind of taking the world by storm right now. It's, it's sold over 3 million copies already, and it's in early access. So that's pretty interesting. Um, there's also some controversy surrounding this game. I don't know if yeah. you heard, but a lot of people on Reddit are basically, they've put together some things that are saying that this company that made this game, they might be using some kind of gener uh, some kind of AI generator to, to create these pals, and they might be using Pokemon, actual Pokemon, to base these characters off of. And they're like comparing Pokemon to certain <laughs> pals in the game. 
And yeah. they don't know if this is going to get to Nintendo. I mean, if it sells enough, Nintendo probably will look at it and, and, and see if this is kind of taking from some of their Pokemon. But I, I do see what they're saying. It looks like some of these creatures are very much Pokemon-esque in a lot of ways. I mean, with coloration, designs, um, the stuff that they can do. And I know there's only so yeah. much you can do in a game and so many mechanics you can make, but there's definitely some comparisons that do look rather One suspicious. Of the of AI, right? Is, so. uh, it can copy from copyrighted material, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're using uh, ChatGPT's version of it or not, or somebody else's, whatever. But uh, if you, for instance, if you try to do something in, uh, in Bing, if you do something in you know, Microsoft's uh, OpenAI cap capabilities, they will block anything that's, uh, or they'll hamper something that's a copyright, right? So if you say, hey, make something with a, an Xbox image or a PlayStation image or something like that, it'll have missing characters, missing letters. It'll it'll warp things a bit because they don't, they they know that they can't just outright copy, right? So it'll handle a lot of those things. Whereas ChatGPT doesn't seem to have that filter; it just goes ahead and uses it. That's a bit of a problem for them. And if you're going to actually make money off of it, yeah, that's a headache. Uh, mm -hmm. And if they're really... Now, I don't know if it's Nintendo. I think Pokemon is its own company. They just happen to partner with Nintendo for the games. Um, but Pokemon could absolutely go after them if you're just copying their stuff as is, right? And yeah, there's yeah, for sure. not really a lot of law on this. And at some point, somebody's going to get like a big lawsuit. And I, I think there have been a couple. But at some point, it's going to be like, you know, yeah, hey, corporation x you went ahead and, and took my light you know yep. license stuff yep. and they're gonna lose they're gonna lose there's no way out of it if you're basing it on that and you can see similarities and you can literally see in the context of ai itself it's copying what you're telling it to copy right so it's it's totally good they're gonna lose and so it'll be a judgment that'll they'll yeah. have to deal with and that will be the precedent going forward um because this is gonna be a headache right you can't just openly copy some of these copyrighted stuff uh, just because AI was in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> facts, facts. And, and and of course, this is all just speculation. And like people are like really digging in this. There's a thread on Reddit, by the way, uh, yeah. that are looking into it. But it, yeah. it's interesting, to say the least. Um, what, what other part of this is interesting? Um, I, I forgot the name of the developer, the studio there. But it's one I've never heard of. And that's why I forgot uh, what they're called. I mean, it, it's... Pocket something, I think. Pocket. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Anyways, uh, what's interesting, though, if you look at their other games, they've, they seem to copy a lot of games. Like, all their games are pretty much bit off of other franchises and stuff, and, and they have their own versions of certain types of games. So um, what's interesting, again, is that they put together a bunch of different games into one with this, including a Pokemon-esque style pals, they call them. And um, I, I just, you know, for me, it's like, why hasn't Nintendo, you know, done something like this yet? Like, because this seems, honestly, it seems like a Nintendo game. It, it, it just straight up speaks to like Switch owners, I'm sure. Right. And you would expect this game to be on there, but I don't know if, if, um, if Nintendo has a preview program or not. The reason it's on Steam and Xbox is both of them offer a preview program. Yeah, uh, and that yeah. is what the game is in. It's in preview right now. Um, so I don't know what the future holds for the game. Uh, but yeah, it it certainly seems like it would do well on, on Nintendo. Uh, could be a launch title. 
for the next <laughs> Nintendo. The right? Nintendo Switch. Right. And so we can see it there. I, I assume it'll come to PlayStation at some point, probably. I don't know. There's a little bit of controversy on that, too, with some back and forth tweets about uh, whether it's staying exclusive or not. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I will uh, say, though. Yeah, it, it is something they could do. The only question is, is it uh, is it family friendly enough? Right. So what, what Nintendo tries to do is their main IPs, they basically yeah. keep it very family friendly, friendly. Right. So um they they try not to make it like if there's a lot of very violent stuff they're probably going to shy away from that right so uh that's kind of just the way they are um but yeah I, I, certainly the game itself could could go there as long as of course it doesn't have a copyright issue uh <laughs> by the way you know biff rinaldi member for 13 months thank you very much yep. i don't have access to put the super chats on the screen uh, unfortunately uh, using this program but i will say this biff he says, I'm thinking about streaming this, this one for a bit. It looks interesting. Yeah, a lot of streamers are streaming this game. This is a lot of what's going on right now. Um, it's one of those games that is very streamable, very stream friendly. Um, and also, uh, it, it's addictive. It's very addictive. Um, there's a lot going on within the game. And once you figure it all out, it's not hard to figure out. Once you do, though. It, it, it just opens up to this like really cool little game. It's something where I don't have to put too much thought into it as I'm playing, as I'm in a party chat, say it's, it's great. Like I, I sat there for about an hour when, when I was talking to you, Argy, the first night I was yeah. playing this and all I was doing was building a base, seeing how high I could get it. And I went past like where you should go. Like I was so high up that when I looked down, uh, I, I could see nothing but fog. That's how high up I built the base. And, and don't ask me why I did that. But I was just in a party chat. And I was like, let me see how much wood I can get to do this. And I just kept climbing <laughs> it and building this base so high. And yeah, I, I basically broke it because when I got so high and I started trying to look around, it was just choppy. It was like it, the frames couldn't handle it. And I, I ended up just jumping off, killing myself, and then just destroying the whole base and remaking a new one i i don't know i just like to test games out like that sometimes i'm weird i'm weird like that um by the way christopher uh, axelson i i think that's how you say your name i'm sorry if i butchered it he says fonz where's dealer gaming thanks for the uh, super chat by the way um dealer is going through some stuff personal uh you know i'm in contact with him loosely uh i was in let's just say the dealer's doing fine um, he just needs time, uh, before he comes back, but he, he says that he will be back. Um, whether or not that happens, I, I have no idea, but this is what he's told me. Um, so just know that he is okay. He's just going through a lot of personal stuff. So it's that, um, yeah, a lot of people are asking about dealer dealers. One of my best friends, he's, he's an amazing guy. Uh, he's, he's huge in the community. Uh, of course, Hargi, you're also mutual friends with him. Um, so we're all uh, hoping for uh, hoping for the return of of dealer gaming for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so so yeah, get a lot of questions. But that's that's basically the gist of what's going on right now with him. But uh, going back to Power World though, you got to try it, Hargeet. We and and, yeah, and, and we got to get in game together <laughs> and, and mess around with some stuff because I need some help. Damn it! 
And and the reason <laughs> is is because I'm go I'm trying to go up against some of these big bosses within the world, and you just need some help. Like you have to have other people with you. It's it's one of those games where yeah you can do most of the game on your own, but there's those bosses that just take you know a group to really take it down easily. I, I'm sure you could do it solo if you're you know an amazing gamer or whatever, or you're just high level or whatever. But I'm not there. So yep. yeah, I can and use the this help. This is real live action, not turn-based, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all live action. It's good, good, good. All right, yeah. Cool. Got to catch them all, man. All the pals. Got to catch them all. Nice. But um, all right. so, wait, like uh, the Souza says, not nah, Hargeet. Stick with Redfall. Redfall? I know. Why would like, I play Redfall? You, did you like Redfall? No, it was okay. I, I think the mm, ratings were about terrible. right. Um it was, you know, I, we played, I played it on PC, so it was a little bit better, but still it was not, it, it's just meh, right? It didn't have meh. any character yep. that made it feel like it was something compelling to play. It was meh. And that was, you know, being able to play it on PC, I'm sure it was even worse on console, right? So uh, we played it for like a, a bit, maybe like a few hours and then never went back. That was my experience. Uh, some people liked it and good for them, whatever. For me, it just wasn't compelling enough to keep playing. So um, it it had, like, I kind of expect an indie to give you that kind of game, right? If it was, like, 20 people making that game, okay, fair enough. But when I saw the cutscenes were PowerPoint presentations, I'm like, no. <laughs> just, just no. Come on. Really? Like, yeah, you really phoned yeah. it home here. Like, this is just not, it's just, you, you didn't care, right? And if you don't care, then why should I? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how i felt about it then the missions were kind of like repetitive it just seemed meh, whatever same the, thing the, the Sousa, are, are you asking because you're really interested in knowing where the dlc for redfall is or are you just asking because it had a season pass um yeah he's asking about the dlc because it did have some sort of season pass right you can actually buy a yeah yeah i, had I believe so supposedly two extra characters and whatnot too but i didn't care okay whatever <laughs> yeah 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 anyways this is not we're not talking about redfall here let's get on and, and, and talk about the first topic here which of course was that developer direct um oh, yeah. now let's start with the we'll go with the games one by one um <clears throat> oh wow uh it says iron lords podcast and their viewer viewers just joined welcome all right ilp i appreciate you nice. guys um ilp by the way is my favorite gaming podcast out there. Just saying. Um, By the way, you have a member guys. chat from Sith Lord. I don't know if we want to read that. Um, where's that? Before I lose it? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's the first one. It's a member for three months. Hi, gentlemen. That direct was 12 out of 10. Need indie now. Mm. Uh, yes, Sith Lord, I love you, but it wasn't a 12 out of 10 to me. I gave it a six. And don't hate me. Six is an average score. I, I said it was an average direct for me. I love developer directs. It doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy the show. I enjoyed it, but not all the games were for me. Um, and, and we're going to get through, we're going to talk about them. We're going to deep dive on this uh, for sure. But uh, the developer direct um, happened and Hargeet, uh, let's shift focus. Let's, let's talk about each game um, individually. Let's talk about the first um, game. Uh, I don't want to talk about the first one they showed because that one was avowed. Am I right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Let's leave that because I think avowed is one of the better games. 
let's start with let's start with Aura, a game that most Xbox guys dubbed the bathroom break game. Because honestly, that's what a lot of people were saying in the chat. When that game was going, uh, when Gaz was on, I was watching Gaz's stream as well as watching it on my OLED. And Gaz, uh, his chat was like, oh, bathroom break. As soon as Aura came on Oxide, they just said, nope, yeah. I'm not watching this. And, and they all took a bathroom break. Um, Aura History Untold, strategy game, uh, much like Civilization, those types of games. It doesn't speak to many console gamers, so I get it. I get it why a lot of people decided, hey, this is my bathroom break. Uh, but Hargi, you did tell me that this looked interesting to you. Yeah, since the last one, uh, they they told they had a little bit of a, a, a you know preview uh, trailer for it, uh, and it started to look interesting. Like what are they what they're trying to do here uh, was looking interesting, and this uh, just furthered the same thing. Um, look, you have to like want to play a strategy game. I I'm with you. I'm not much of a strategy game guy. This is a four X, but uh, you know I'm not usually into that kind of game. Uh, but I've played the hell out of Halo Wars. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there are times when, like, you just throw in an Age of Empires and it's it's kind of cool. It just it has like a, a potential to just, ha you know, sink some time into it. Um, I like this one has an interesting mix where you're kind of changing the course of history. Right. So it's it seems kind of interesting and in that you can play around with what each empire did and how they interact. Like, I, I want to see what the heck that means and how that plays out. Right. It's also simultaneous play. So usually it's turns and you know, each person does whatever they have to do, whatever. Right. But this is more, you know simultaneous but we'll see we'll see how it, it plays out um i think it's multiplayer i believe it's multiplayer but so that it could be another be. interesting twist um so i'd love to see what they do with it and like it, again i'm not like you know abandon all other games to play this but i'm also not saying hey just throw it away uh so i didn't take it as a bathroom break i'm yeah, actually kind of interested you in what, you're saying throw it away no That's no, no i, I think it'll be kind of uh it, it's not coming to console right it, that like um age of empires 4 right it, it's it's Con it's pc first maybe eventually it'll, it'll get a port to console but uh but it'll be on pc uh, sometime this this uh, year uh so hopefully you know it'll, it'll be good but here's the problem and we'll probably have to talk about this later in a bit more okay everything's coming out in the fall and that's mm. kind of a big problem yes because not only is it going to conflict with other fall games but there's a whole console supposedly coming out with nintendo in the fall yeah. and it's going to have a True. launch lineup and so that's going to compete for time on top of Xbox releasing like all their exclusives in the fall. That's going to take up some time. Right. And then you usually have the fall big releases. This is crazy to put all this. Stuff. Like, I don't know if I'll get, get time to actually play the game. That'll be the problem. Right. Because yeah. if they're going to put it out with all these other games right, that, that got announced, yo, I like I'm, I'm going to play indie over this. That's just the fact. That's just the way it is. I'm not going to play Ara over over indie. Right. But indie is scheduled for 2024. What does that really mean? Fall. Because where else are you going to put it? You're not going to put it in the summer. That's just not going to happen. Summer is going to be like uh, uh, what is it? Fights in 2024, right? That's going to be a summer game, right? We already got Senua in May. They, like they're going to do that in fall, right? And they got Avowed fall, and they got Ara fall, and they got you know Call of Duty fall, and they have a whole bunch of other games they haven't announced. They're also coming fall, and then you have a whole console. And I'm like, dude, this fall is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get to this. So though I'm I'm interested in playing Aura, I'll just be realistic. I don't think I, I'll have the time. Just there's going to be too many games. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the disappointment. This would be good now if they released it in February. 
that's that, that's a good time to put it out because there's not a lot coming out right now so remember when there was a rumor that something would be shadow dropped during the developer direct that would have been a perfect that, time yeah, for this game it, right told us no yeah, yeah this would be yeah, yeah great it would been perfect it be a for that. Drop, but you know yeah it would have been great if they dropped this out you know in in january that's perfect um but no they're, they're dropping it sometime in fall with everything else so i think that's kind of a bummer i think that's going to make it harder for it to gain traction for those in the forex environment they're probably going to love it that's fine and hopefully it it does well for them but uh, i'm a little disappointed that they're putting it in that market time frame of the way there's like everything else is coming out as it is i think there's too many games coming out from microsoft forget everybody else right so i don't know this is going to be a problem for them i think i think it should come out in the summer or earlier well, I, I I have something to say a little bit later about the whole fall thing. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. discuss that when we get into another title for sure. Um, so we also had Hellblade Two. Um, Hellblade Two, Ninja Theory, of course, did their thing, and boy, did they do their thing yet again. And I say again because, and I want to stress that uh, they don't seem to show much of their game. Um, everything we saw with Hellblade two is pretty much everything we've seen already. And, yeah. you know, again, they showed a bunch of backstage, uh, you know, this is what we do with a mocap and, and, and Hey, here's Iceland again, look at how beautiful it is. And I'm like, but the game, the game, show the game. And I'm like, it, so it dawned on me. Okay. Why am I hyping myself up for something that I know is not really for me? And, and, and I'm not disrespecting Ninja Theory Hellblade 2, nor am I disrespecting anybody who loves the first game. I did not. So what I've seen so far of Hellblade 2 is exactly what I've seen from Hellblade. So it's going to be the same type of game. Matter of fact, they've already announced that it's going to be just about as long as well so six to eight hours is what you're going to yeah, get out yeah. of this game so hargeet i mean what, what do you think hellblade 2 man yeah, so this is my, my and people are gonna hate it but this is my uh like least interesting game. <laughs> I, i'm with you on the same thing i finished the first one but it was it was meh to me it was okay i like i'm you know kudos to the team to do you know to tackle that subject awesome great but ultimately the game has to be fun too so i just didn't like the puzzles were okay the fighting was terrible and like the game was uh, it was visually stunning it was for the development team or whatever it was 10 12 people it's it they they punched above their weight fine cool but ultimately i want a game that i can have fun with mm -hmm. and it was meh to me i i would like put that at a seven ish right it was meh it's not terrible it's just not great either and like yeah and that's what i'm expecting from this thankfully it, it is short that actually makes it more viable that i might play and finish it um but like if this was a, a 20 hour like i i i'm sure i would just give, give up like it if it's not going to be substantially better than what, what i had before then like yeah whatever right so but i'm with you i i don't have a lot of expectations for this everybody wants this to be like the visual showpiece and maybe it is and honestly i'd never care about graphics so that's not really what i'm going after i want fun so to me, I'm looking for that oh, gameplay. I, I love graphics. So. <laughs> and that's the only reason why I'm looking forward to this game, right? Like, it, yes, it's in Game Pass. I'm going to boot it up. If I end up liking it, great. If I don't, no hard feelings. Because 
I mean, I, I, I knew what I should have expected. You know what I'm saying? Like I have, I've already tried the first game and I couldn't get through it. So if this game isn't for me again, I, I, yeah, why hype it? Right. And not like a the, big deal. for those who want it. Awesome. Right. Yeah. This it's awesome. Type of game. Awesome. And that's, what's beautiful about like Xbox. They're giving you a four X game with a, like a, a sad walking simulator game with a first person shooter with, with an RPG and, and another RPG, right? Like they're giving you all sorts of different varieties of games, right? Uh, that's the beauty of it. If something's for you, that's awesome. That's the whole point, yep. right? Come and play the game. <laughs> that's what Thanks. they're doing. But that's just not like I, it's okay. Those, those kind of games are okay. But unless it's got like an awesome like game loop, like, eh. so I, I don't know. I haven't, to your point, I have not seen enough of the gameplay to say, okay, this is definitively awesome looking. All I've seen is like maybe 30 seconds of actual like combat, right? I think we've seen more documentary than this game is going to be in length. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we've seen more of Iceland already than we have right? of Hellblade. Like, That's for sure. Which again, I, I'm not trying to knock them, but it is what it is. And like, yeah. I, I just at this point, just release the game. We'll play it. And if it's of any value, it's whatever. My expectations is like a, a mid to low 80s meta game. And hopefully it'll be decent. What was the right? first That's one kinda... meta? What, what was I this? think it was mid, mid 80s, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Expect the same. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it's probably in the same category. I don't think. Well, no, be... it might be less because it's on Xbox now. Oh, so well, there's let's, there's that, uh, you know. <laughs> but I'll look it up. Hellblade. Uh, Senua Sacrifice was an 84. Okay. <clears throat> Sounds so, about right, I guess. You yeah. know. So I'm thinking in that mid to low 80s, right? That's kind of where this should be. And that's fine. That's a perfectly good game. That's it's fine. But yeah, it's, I'm not as hyped for this one as I am for the other <sighs> Look one. Look at that. More backstage, so. guys. More. Uh, <laughs> this is what Melina did. Yeah. This is facial capture again. Yep. Yeah. You got of plenty stuff. of that. Right? Hours and hours of that. Oh, stuff. we got hours of that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but i will say the combat looks so brutal it it does yeah. look great that visually this game is probably the best looking game i've witnessed yet like that's how good i think this game looks when you see the close-ups of their face and their eyes and their skin every everything looks like uncanny valley almost you know it's yeah right it's it's almost there and I, I can't take that away from them. Ninja Theory are masters at, at creating graphical, like impressive games. And it, it, I mean, this is so freaking on par with anything, uh, even better yeah. than, than a Naughty Dog or, you know. Well, Insomniac in Rockstar. the leaks, we found out they're, they're looking to, was it in the leaks or was it just in general? They were looking to uh, match the fidelity of, of, uh, of Ninja Theory with Hellblade. So uh obviously people are taking notice right so if they are then there's there's a reason so the fidelity is kind of there yeah oh yeah 100 percent. yeah it, it looks incredible um i just hopefully you know i'm not going to say i wish this game was different because look this is their vision this is what they want to put forth to the gaming masses um i just hope with their next project they go back to a, a, another like action adventure type game um because they have so many different types of games that they've made over the years. These these yeah. guys are really incredible, uh, incredibly talented uh, studio here for sure. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Heavenly Sword from back in the day on the PS3. 
uh, if, if they, yeah, I, I know a lot of people would call it like a God of War clone or whatever with a female protagonist, but give me that, give me that again. I'll take it for Xbox. Like I, I, I love the, that style of gameplay. So um, yeah, I could see them doing all, you know, just some amazing work for Xbox. So just because this is not my cup of tea, this is not what I'm necessarily into. This is a huge game for Xbox. It's a, it's, it's a great game for their gamers for sure. But yeah, that's, that's, that's Hellblade two yeah. guys. And they gave us a release date, May 21st. Yeah, we have one release date. Yay. <laughs> yeah. May 21st. Yeah. No, so come out springtime. We'll see it before the showcase. We'll see sure. what happens. And then showcase comes. We'll see what that does. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, let's go ahead and move to the heavier hitters. Actually. Um, actually, no, Let's talk about the one that was a surprise. Uh, I, I love what they did there, by the way, with that. Um, how they gave us, you know, this screen showing just these four games. And then all of a sudden you had this one come in, unknown user pop up. And it was Square Enix of all people and of all studios. And that kind of shocked me. I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know about that. I didn't hear about that. Um Hargeet, were you surprised by that or did you already hear? No, you were. Uh, no, I was surprised that it was Square. Um, I would have figured. So, this is one of the questions we had, right? Is this developer direct a, a sort of Xbox exclusives, uh, you know, uh, focused showcase or is this, uh, you know, anything? Anything goes, right? So, yeah. uh, if it's anything goes, you can get something like that, right? I, I think I was going in with the assumption this was going to be all Xbox exclusives, right? So, that was kind of what my thought process was. So, whatever would show up, it would show up being something from first party or second party, right? Something like Towerborn or Ara or, you know, Flight Sim or something like that, or directly south of Midnight or Clockwork Revolution or something like that, right? That would make more sense. No, they went with a third party. Well, at least that we know for now. Third party <laughs> in Square Enix. Here you go and again <laughs> with that acquisition talk. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, but hey, I mean, it's kind of an oddity, isn't it, to have that there? But hey, they they put in a third party. This is supposedly a multi-plat release, right? This is going to be everywhere. Um, so, but they're bringing it here. That's kind of interesting in that the partnership is is sort of elevated now. That you know they're, they're putting a Square Enix game in an Xbox showcase um, and a pretty you know focused showcase. This isn't a general you know twenty thirty games showcase. This is pretty pretty focused, and and they're spending time on this. Um, so that's a pretty good deal. Uh, it. it you know, it, it shows the the level of, of uh, partnership increase, right? The, the level of, uh, of 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 change in trust as far as uh, Sony PlayStation being the main focus of Square Enix's marketing to switch over to to now being Xbox. That's an interesting thought, and we'll see if they kind of continue that with the Mana series, and maybe Final Fantasy series stays on the other side, or maybe it swaps around. We'll see how it goes, right? And there's potential for for the new Nintendo to have a lot more. Um, play with square as well uh they have had a, a, several exclusives from them um so that could continue and now they could potentially play everything and if that's the case you could see a, the next final fantasy maybe they go nintendo and uh, market it that way but exclusive no exclusivity they just release it everywhere um which would make sense yeah. for them it's it's funny you mentioned the marketing rights because the power that it has is so strong yeah. it's so strong people that um when this was first announced Hargeet got me on this, by the way. I, I was thinking, 
and and I'm just somebody you got to keep in mind. I'm somebody who keeps up with the news and the industry and the games and all that stuff. So if I kind of thought, you know, immediately when I saw this, oh wow, is this like a timed exclusive for Xbox? This is great. Think about the casual out there because Hargeet said, no, nah, no, nah, that's 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 just marketing rights, man. See the power of marketing rights? It duped yeah. you, and it's exactly what we talk about when we say casual gamers out there, those that don't really pay attention to the industry like we do here, they freaking, they will think when they see games like this and it's being marketed for one platform, they think, oh, it's only on that platform. And, and that's exactly what happens. Yep. So, And that's where the strategy of longer term doing third party, but just own a lot more content because you yeah. market all this content. Even if you said like, say, one out of five games is exclusive, it'll set that pattern in, in the, the industry that people will think, oh, well, if they marketed, it, it must be uh, exclusive, right? Mm -hmm. And it, even though it may not be, it may not, like 80% of the games may go everywhere. It doesn't matter. They just assume it's going to be. And that's yep. what happens. That's the power of the marketing, right? But yeah, like, I, it's cool that this was here, though. Uh, I just, I, I don't know if this is going to be the pattern going forward that we just assume it's anything can be in the de developer direct. Uh, I was kind of hoping it would be first party stuff or second party stuff, right? So, but yeah. Yeah, you know, that that, that is true. With a developer direct, usually, you know, I was under the impression that this was just first party for Xbox. However, I'm glad that they moved outside of first party. And the reason being is because these developer directs, in my opinion, I said it a couple of shows ago with you. I think they're the best shows out of any company out there or any studio that comes out there and makes anything, you know, uh, PlayStation, Nintendo, their, uh, their plays and, and directs are just not as good as these are. I love the way these are set up. I love that it's the developers talking to us, telling us about their game and showing their game. That's, I, I, I love these. This is the format that I think they should stick with. Um, and we were all hoping they'd stick with it last year when they first did this. And it seems like they are. They, they've listened to the masses. This is what we like. And this is what yeah. they're going to go forward with. It's perfect. And now that they're adding that third-party element into it, beautiful. I love that. Yeah, Love it. Yeah, and it looks like we'll probably always get some sort of a surprise announce. Not necessarily a shadow drop or a stealth drop, but a surprise announce. Yep. Which is cool. That's cool. No, right? it's, really cool. Yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. So... Again, let's get into the heavier hitters now. Uh, and I say heavier hitters, hitters because this is just personal to me. We'll start with Avowed because I am still very much looking forward to Avowed. Despite what a lot of people say out there and despite some of the jank that I saw, um, Avowed is still looking really good to me. It's shaping up to be uh, a game that I'm sure Obsidian is going to... Uh, I, I think they're going to kill it with this game. I do. Um, a lot of people out there, I've seen a lot of naysayers talk so negatively about this game since it's been shown last Thursday. Uh, there's a lot of people that are even saying things, making whole videos saying, hey, I'm no longer hyped for this game anymore. And I'm like, based on that little bit of what you saw, like, come on. So for you, um, are, are you interested in, in, in Avowed? Are you interested? Yeah, I've been interested in about okay. for you know ever since they Me too. Uh, announced it. I, I think it's uh it's going to be awesome. Um, I've tried to play their isometric versions, right? And I can only go so far for some reason. I just don't like get into the isometric games, so yeah. um, so I kind of just stopped. Um, 
but story-wise, it was there. Uh, and then there was Outer Worlds, which was fantastic. Great game. Um, you know, they've done like KOTOR 2. New Vegas. They've done New Vegas, right? So they've done some pretty good stuff, right? This is like, so Obsidian and NXL were interplay before, right? And they created Fallout, for instance, and sold that off to yep. uh, to BGS, right? To Bethesda. Um, but now they're all in the same same company now. But, uh, but you know, NXL uh, took on some of the stuff and... Obsidian took on some of the stuff. They're both really good developers, uh, and but they've had a DNA of massive RPGs for a long time, right? So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been looking forward to Avad because like the the format is now more what I want to see. It's that that first person uh, or third person. In this case, I think it's first person, right? Uh, I don't yeah, know if they'll let yeah. you flip, but um, perspective, and you know, you're just playing normal, right? Normal, you know, as an RPG, and I, I think that's going to be more compelling. Um, the character models. If you've played the other ones, you recognize those monsters. They kind of are what what are in that universe. They're just jazzed up, and they're you know kind of in that first person view now. Um, so I, it looks good to me. I don't see the the, the anything that's, that's detracting. Again, I'm not a graphics guy. I don't care. I care for gameplay more. So if it looks good, that's great. If it plays well, that's what matters. And the different combat styles that let you swap between sword and shield. Now, you know, like a, a magic wand, your hand gesture thingy, right? You have a gun, you have a bow and arrow. <laughs> like you can just swap between all this stuff. That that sounds pretty cool to me, right? So that means I can do things different ways. However, I want to play a situation. That's cool, right? And we'll see what that means as far as the RPG elements, what I get to uh, expand on as far as capabilities and whatnot, right? And what, what I can grow for for skill sets. Like this, that's, that sounds awesome to me. Um, they have a pretty good team as far as the writing. So, uh, you know, the last few games they put out have been pretty good They've that's been where weird, they excel right? in my opinion right? it's the like writing Pentiment, for instance right i i was blown away by what i was playing i'm like what is this <laughs> i don't even know what the heck's going on but really good storytelling so you know that and then grounded which i mean the story meh but good god you can pour hours i've, I've put 194 hours in that game you can pour hours in that game and that's small a lot of people put even a lot more hours in that game so crazy right small team but what they can accomplish, right, with just the game loop, making it fun. Uh, so, and Outer Worlds was fantastic. I loved it. Um, Me too. So, I'm hoping it's just more of that. Like, just bring it on. Yeah, let's let's get the story. Let's get the RPG. Let's go. Yeah, I, that, that's one thing I really want to stress on here. Um, I, you know, for me, Obsidian, it's it's always been about that narrative. They've always been really good at writing uh, in their games. And that's one of the takeaways that, that I think people got wrong with this. I, I see a lot of people out there talking about the dialogue within this game, uh, what they showed anyway. Um, I think parts of that dialogue, especially that second character that, that said something about being a dumb baby or whatever, I think the point was that that was supposed to be kind of the silly, goofier uh, dialogue within the game. I think it was meant to be silly. I don't think it was meant to be like, I think it was meant to get a chuckle out of some people. I really do. I think that wasn't meant to be serious because in their games, they do stuff like that. Um, with new Vegas, you had goofy and silly characters within that too. And some dumb dialogue that was funny or whatever. I don't think that was meant to be too serious. Now, where I say that the game kind of looks or, or not looks, sounds kind of jank is when the dialogue was happening. I think there was something off about when that particular character was talking. The sound design or something is just not complete yet. I don't think it's like fully fleshed out. 
I think it sounded weird to me. It was a bit odd. It was like, it was almost like there was these weird pauses as he was talking and it seemed like it just wasn't completed yet. And one person said to me in, uh, I was on a show, I was on Cassie's show, by the way, uh, the other night, and she, uh, there, there was somebody in the chat, I believe, and they had told me that they think that maybe that was AI. Now, now, I, I, at first I was like, nah, that, that's a voice actor, right? But here's the funny thing. So I started digging deeper into Obsidian, and I found out that they use AI when they're developing games. So they use AI voices when they develop the games. And, and they said, because you can get so much emotion and stuff out of AI characters now, that it really lends well to their creation process uh, before they get the actors to come in and, and voice the parts. So as they're creating that stuff, they're using this, these AI voices. And I was just wondering, maybe that guy was onto something. And the guy's on the screen, by the way, now that had the weird dialogue that people were kind of picking apart but again, I think this was meant to be kind of silly, but this voice, um, I'm not going to say it's AI. It could be, it could be a, a real person that did it and it's just not well put together yet or, or whatever. But if it is AI, it's not out of the realm of possibilities because during the creation, they could have, this is one that they could have left in there at this moment, at this point in, in, in the creation process. So maybe they're not done with the game or whatever. Uh, of course, they're not done yet because this game's not out until the fall. But maybe this was one of those things where they left an AR, uh, AI part in. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, though. <clears throat> or they could just use AI for some, some of the NPCs. I mean, just the way it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does make it faster, right? So you can kind of do what you want. But look, there's good and bad with AI modeling, right? There's an aspect to telling an actor, I want this kind of feeling from this line. Yep. And then they just go and put that in there for you because they understand what you're saying. And maybe uh, AI will figure it out. Maybe they won't. Right. So, uh, but there is something of like a human voice actually like putting their emotion into it uh, versus what the AI can think you want. Uh, but in a lot of cases, if there's a lot and a lot, a lot, a lot of dialogue, it is kind of convenient. Just let AI say it out mm -hmm. and maybe they'll get like 80, 90% there. Um, and it won't be perfect, but it'll be good enough, right? Uh, so it's viable, totally viable. And this is something that Microsoft's been looking at, right? They want to take advantage of AI. It's one of their big, huge initiatives at the company. So any chance to do that is probably good for them. That's probably why they're going to, you know, they probably would use it. Uh, why not? Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they're using AI. Yeah, but, they, um, they, they, they were, I guess uh, they use it during the development of all their games now. So yeah. They, they, they used it for Outer Worlds and, and their other games, too. So I, I figured, you know, that, that guy could be onto something. Maybe he knew that. Maybe that's why he mentioned yeah. it. I don't know. But whoever said that to me in the chat, um, you know, had me looking. Uh, I was definitely researching. Did they use AI for yeah. these voices in Avowed? Um, and I came across that. And there's a whole video on YouTube, by the way, that talks about, uh, it shows Obsidian talking about why they use AI in their games. AI voices mm. and stuff is really interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are right. I see you guys talking about in the chat. AI is going to become, uh, you know, something to be reckoned with in, in the industry for sure. Um, whether it's voices, uh, coming up with freaking new created characters and stuff like we were talking about earlier with pal world, uh, the potential that they were using some type of AI to develop some of those characters and stuff. 
Um, there's just a lot of AI usage going on right now. And it's, it's crazy, especially what they could do with film now and AI. It's, it's yep. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they could have you look like you robbed a bank or something, you know, yes. or have you saying that you All robbed a bank. Crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. Just nutty yeah. stuff you can do with AI now. Yeah. The world is getting different. Very, very yes. different. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to Avowed. People that were like, uh, you know, I was seeing all these videos of people talking badly about the game and stuff. And I'm like, let these developers work, man. Let these developers come out with these games and then pass your judgment. I mean, of course you could say, yeah, that looks janky. That doesn't look like my type of game. You could say those things. But to come outright and just say, you know, that game's trash or whatever, stop it. Game's not out. But that's yet. the way it goes, right? A lot of people have very specific tastes, and you know, it is what it is. It's not going to be for everybody. For not sure. For sure. Going, right? It's just the way it is. Yeah. All right. So next we had, um, of course, the big one Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Now, yeah. <laughs> all right. So originally I was hoping this game would be third person. That's what I wanted. I wanted Xbox, and it's more because I wanted Xbox to have that third-person action-adventure game to kind of, I, I, I guess, compete with what Sony has done for their every, pretty much every first-party game over there. Um, I just wanted to have that that one game, just like Cognito says, just one. We've talked That's about it for years. Want, yeah. We want a game like that on Xbox. However. Once I saw Machine Games talk about this game, I might as well pull it up. Um, I was very um, on point. Uh, I, I thought it was on point for them to go ahead and make this game first person. I think it was the right choice. And that's why my thumbnail, of course, is the right choice. Because it indeed, I feel, is the right choice. It's Machine Games. What do they do well, Hargeet? First person shooters. Very, very well. <laughs> What have I been asking for? Like, I was just asking somebody, it might have been Colt or maybe a WhatsApp group with Colt and Gaz and some other people in there. And we were talking. I said, man, I really want another Wolfenstein game. So for me, when I look at this game, it's very much less gruesome, less gore anyway, but it does look a lot like Wolfenstein in many, many ways. Yeah. Plus, you're punching Nazis in the face. Like, same kind of deal. Love it. Um, I'm looking forward to this even more now than I thought I was when I first wanted a third-person game because Machine Games does first-person shooters well, but they also do very well in the narrative department, and they also do well in just that pacing of the game. Action-packed. Like, you play any Wolfenstein game, and it's just action-packed, man. And yeah. What does Indiana Jones need? An action-packed game. This is perfect for machine games. I think it's, I think it, people that are naysaying this game at all, if you hear anybody say anything negative about machine games and what they're doing with Indiana Jones, <laughs> they're way off base, way off base. This is the perfect studio to do Indiana Jones. It, I, uh, what do you got to say about this, Hargeet? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was, uh, I, I kind of heard about the first person quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, you were one of those hints. guys, huh? And I kept dropping hints. It's going to be first person. <laughs> like, I wanted to be third person. It's going to be first. Um, so it did not surprise me that it was first person. I, I kind of knew that yeah. was going to happen. Um, 
but look, it, it, it still looks awesome. Um, uh, my only complaints are no, no release date, which means it's going to be fall. And then, uh, your voice actor is not Harrison Ford. You have his likeness, the, uh, character, but not the voice. And is it Troy Baker? I think is the one. Doing Troy it. Baker. Like, I think he does an adequate job of a younger Harrison Ford. It's not spot on, but it's not, good enough uh, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it could be okay, but it's like you went so far. You you got Harrison Ford's likeness. You obviously have to pay the dude for that. So why not just get the freaking voice too? It would just be perfect. Like just full on indie. Um, I mean, it looks like it's a love letter to the Indiana Jones of the original. It version. is it was like the first couple of movies, right? And, uh, so it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Um, I hope that, you know, story-wise it'll be good and it'll play well. Uh, machine games should be able to do a pretty good job here. Um, it, but as far as the gameplay, it looked good to me. Uh, it was enough for me to want to play it. And I mean, it doesn't matter. It's in game pass. I'm going to play it anyway, but <clears throat> it just really, it, it looks like it's exactly what we should be expecting machine games to do with Indiana Jones. So, uh, it was definitely a hit in the, uh, in this, uh, lineup. I, I, you know, all the games, are generally pretty good in their own right, but Indiana Jones, I think, was a step above. Avowed was pretty good, but Indiana Jones is the one that was like the hype machine for me for this yep, one. For sure. If you compare it to like last year's Direct, where the games were Elder Scrolls Online update, uh, Minecraft Legends, uh, we had Redfall, and we had, um, well, Hi Fi Rush, which, which was the, the you know thing that stole the show. Um, and then what do we, we had another one. Um, what was the last one? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, Forza. Forza Motorsport. Okay, and uh, so of those games, my hype level for that was like... Because <laughs> like Redfall looked meh. And it turned out to be meh. <coughs> I was hoping it would be something cool with Arcane. But it never turned out to be anything. So Motorsport, I wasn't that interested in anyway. And Minecraft Legends, okay. <coughs> I almost never pay attention to the Elder Scrolls Online stuff, which, by the way, we had more of that after yeah. the direct. Um, so this direct for me was better. I like I have more interest in Avowed and Indie. Um, Visions of Mana looks <coughs> kind of interesting too. Yeah, it cool. does. It, it it the combat looks good to me. <laughs> right? Definitely looks good. And then uh, Senua Saga. I'm just I want to see what what the heck it ends up being. Right. So I think this, this direct overall was pretty good. Um, indie, I <clears throat> definitely was the, the biggest one for me. Um, I was happy they left it till the end <laughs> and we got to see the most of it. <clears throat> so pretty good job. Um, if you need uh, some water, man, take a yeah. drink if you need it. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it, Indiana Jones, uh, I think, I think they're doing a freaking great job with this at machine games. Um, I, dude. I was expecting, again, that third-person action-adventure type game and then it going into first-person with the puzzles. That's what I was visualizing, right? But it's still first-person with the puzzles, but you get the third-person perspective when he's, like, sliding on the, you know, his whip and, you know, that sort of stuff. Farming, and to me, the third-person moments, some of it, some of it, not all of it, some of it looks kind of jank. Some of it does. Yeah, but it's I don't think that's really where machine games excels anyway. So that's why I said this is the right choice for them. I I think you can't go wrong. 
with a first person perspective for the shooting for the whip. Um, and everything you could do with the whip, by the way, was really interesting. Like I, I I never thought of using the whip as a distraction tool, like for stealth (laughs) elements. Like I never, I would never think to use it that way. You know, you crack it over here and they, they, you know, the enemy looks over there and you run around and flank. I never knew that that, could be yeah. done i that's something that's ingenious I, I i like that element um so i think they're on the right path with this they made the right choice i i'll argue with anybody all day between the third person and first person thing when it comes to this game and machine games i think it's the right choice yeah and the thing with uh you know unfortunately everybody always wants to compare everything to the other platforms look i'll say this playstation has a massive catalog problem they don't have any games that have come close to the amount of, of variety, variety. from their yep. competitors. Okay, both Nintendo and Xbox have a massive variety in comparison to what PlayStation puts out. Right? Where's PlayStation's fighting game? They don't have one. They just don't. They don't have nothing there. Right? And you know, where's their first person shooter? Yeah. Well, I mean, they finally get Marathon, I guess. I don't uh, know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they bought Bungie. They bought Xbox's yeah, okay. old studio. <laughs> They, they, they bought Bungie, but before that, I mean, they, they haven't had a first-person exactly. shooter since, I don't know, Killzone, which was I mean, you just abysmal in my say, opinion. Can they match this? They can't. What's their Western RPG studio? Well, they don't have one. Where's their mm-hmm. RTS? What, what RTS? Right? They have the Senua Saga equivalents, okay, but that's all they have, right? So it's cool that you want to compare everything Xbox puts out to what PlayStation puts out, but I just don't see the point, right? Because... Microsoft puts out games that the developer wants to put out. I am happy they don't go to you know to, to Ninja Theory and say, no, this got to look like God of War. No, make the game you want to make. If it's a, a six-hour game, fine. That's what you want to make. Make that game. You know, we're not going to go to you know to Obsidian and tell them how to make a vow. No, they know what they're doing. Go go make your game. What do you need for resources? We'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones, we don't need to tell Machine Games and Todd Howard how to make a game. Like, <laughs> go, go make the game. <laughs> Just make Facts. the game you want to make, right? <laughs> facts like they've they've got a proven record they can they can go make the game right if you need more funding great if you can make it even better great let's do that i lost uh double fine with psychonauts 2 you need more money to make it oh my god here psychonauts 2 was an amazing game amazing (laughs) game so so like i i'm much happier with that because i'll get massive variety which to me i mean look i literally played over 200 games last year right i play all varieties of games i'll try everything Right. If it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, yep, it's not, right? I can That's attest fine. to that. I, I'll get in right. party chats with this man and I'll be out. What are you playing? And he's like, two step part two. Like, what's two step part two? Like, I, I never heard of it. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so that's the thing. Like, so I like the variety, right? And Nintendo does that. They have like all sorts of different types of games, and Xbox does that. It's PlayStation that's trying to catch up. They're the ones who are saying we got to flip to all games of the service games. That's a stupid idea to do everything that way. But they do need to have variety, right? They used to have variety. They don't have it anymore. And that's going to be one of their... So I don't I don't care to compare these games to PlayStation games. I care to see, is it fun for me, right? Am I getting value for my money? Is the studio making a game they want to make? And is the game fun for me? And that's really all that matters. So if the game is good, I'm happy. I don't care about Facts. the comparisons. That, yeah. Like, so I don't care if it looks like Uncharted. I don't care, right? Uncharted, the last one to me, like the last two were okay, right? I think like one and two, one was meh, two was good. Three was okay. Four became kind of mundane. I don't know. It just became kind of, yeah, okay, I'm just doing the motions here. Just, meh. So, and then Lost Legacy or whatever it was called, the one with the, the offshoot, that was okay as well. Like, again, so Uncharted is kind of like, eh. 
Tomb Raider has done pretty well. Like the last few Tomb Raiders have been pretty good. Um, so if you wanted to compare it to one of those, I would compare it to that one. But again, I, I don't think it matters. They're all spiritual successors of this. Indie is the game. Indie is the, yep. the platform that like created all that, right? So it's the IP that created all that. And I, I'm happy to see what they do with it, right? This is this is a sanctioned game by by uh, Disney uh, and Lucas, right? So hopefully it fits somewhere in the canon. Uh, so we'll see what it what it looks like and what the game does. But uh, I'm I'm excited to see what this does and, and you know how how they uh, put it together. They certainly seem to like Indiana Jones, right? So it's not from people who don't understand the content. Oh no! So I, that, this is a love letter to Indiana Jones <laughs> right, fans, so. right here. Yeah, uh, straight up, the way it looks and everything. And I, I've seen a lot of people's reactions to the game since. And I've even seen people that are just movie buffs into Indiana yeah. Jones review this trailer, and they're like, "Wow, this looks so good," you know. Yep. And and that's that's amazing, man. Like, yep. It's exactly what you need with an Indiana Jones and franchise. Indiana Jones music turns on. Da, oh da, da, my god! Da, and, like, and, yes. and, the, and the fact that they got a composer that is trying to be just like John Williams and and really yeah. have the essence of making that sort of style music. It, it perfect, perfect. Yeah. Just you know, yeah, that's what you need. Very um, much looking forward to it. Just when much. is it coming out? And it's I think it just said 2024, right? This is where I, I said that I was going to bring up something about the fall situation because you said there's a lot of games coming out in the fall. I don't believe this is one of them. I feel like now move? I feel like it's going to get bumped. I feel like okay. this is going to get bumped into the first part of 2025, probably spring um, for various reasons. I, I think it was very vague. They never like with the other games, they mentioned fall, right. Or, you know, there was something there mentioned, but this just said 2024. So I I have a feeling that this is something that they're thinking about. Hey, we could possibly get this out later this year, but if it doesn't, we can, that's okay. We can slide that into 2025. Yeah. What I don't want is what we did this year. Like, okay. They have have other games coming. We should probably not discount that there's other exclusives coming. Right. But, this year, it's going to be for first party. It's going to be May before we get a first party exclusive, right? That's you know five months of nothing for the year. Uh, you know the last game was November, right? It was yeah. Call of Duty? It's not exclusive, but first party release. So you're looking at six months before a game comes out, and that just seems kind of odd, right? They should be looking to have games release on a regular cadence. I don't like. I know they're going to end the year. They end up with more than four, five, six, seven, eight games, whatever it is, right? But it's like, dude, I don't want all those games in three months. <laughs> I want all those games spread across the year, so I have time to play them. But that's what they're going to end up doing, right? Because, look, we along with this, we have Flight Sim 2024. We know we're going to get that. We have Call of Duty. We know we're going to get that. So that's like six games already. On top of other games like Towerborn that we're supposed to be getting later, Stalker we're supposed to be getting later, yep. right? And then there's a potential for other things that we haven't even got announced yet, like Forza Horizon could potentially be coming out this year because uh, they're due for a game release. Uh, you have uh, uh, South of Midnight and Clockwork Revolution are due this year, but maybe they get pushed out, like you're saying. Like, maybe we just need to have something for the beginning of the year. I, I don't want the next year to, to continue that pattern. I want, like, hey, January this, February this, March this, that kind of thing, right? Smaller game, bigger game, smaller game, bigger game, right? That's what they kind of need to start doing now and not have everything bunched up to the end. I, I tend to agree with you. I don't want all these games coming out at the same time. I think it's a bad idea, and I think Aura would be the one that I would say move it out because you don't want to compete with everything that comes out in the fall 
with that game because you're just taking away potential for that game to get any traction. It's a perfect February, like January, February game. Put it out in January, February and let it have its own little time space to go get some some uh, people to play it. Because I think putting it out in fall along with a whole new console from from Nintendo, potentially a PS5 Pro on top of having, you know, all these games from Xbox. I just don't think it's a good idea. I think you should move it out uh, so it gets its own little breathing room. Um, but yeah, that could be one of the other ones is indie just moves. It moves to, you know, February or something because it just, it, there's too much. <laughs> like there's too And remember, games. we also have stalker two coming as yeah, well. And September. I know it's yep. not first party, but it's, you know, exclusive, it's an exclusive. So yeah. And so works. we got that in September. Right. And if they have like beginning of September, that end of September is Forza horizon, for instance, how many, how oh, many yeah. like weeks do you have left? Right, you're not gonna go past like first week. Yeah, and then where where, where do you stick avowed in the fall? Like uh, exactly November. Where do you put all these games, right? And it's like okay, you got to slow down and like figure out what the cadence is gonna be. Yeah, so if it does mean maybe yeah. indie moves, it moves, right? Because you don't want to put it wow. next to like other games, right? Yeah, avowed I didn't think about that. Before. I didn't think about Forza Horizon coming, and then we also have Stalker Two, uh, Towerborn. Wow. Then we have. Uh, Call of Duty is going to be the punctuation mark. That's going to be the last game they release, and that'll be the first-ish week of November, right? So Xbox got... has a problem, and it's not lack of games. It's, <laughs> it's a plethora up. of games. <laughs> yeah, it's too they, many bunched up. They, yeah, they need to find out where to put these games. Um, that's exactly that's definitely an issue. Right? Like, clustered all the games at the end of the year. It's like, that's cool, but like at least there, you still had a little breathing room between each game. That's going to become more and more of a problem here, yep. right? As they have that many studios, you have to be like, you have to make sure you have games in the beginning of the year, not just at the end of the year. So they're going to have to be better about that. So if that means indie has to be at the beginning of the year next year, that's fine. Whatever. We should just like make sure there's games like continuously. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying, and I'm not wishing it for, for it to get pushed to yeah. next year, but I, I hope it's out at the end of this year. I, I want to play I mean, it at the end of this year. The other but... option is they said that because they're going to do like a stealth drop during the show, June showcase. Ooh, that's another possibility yeah because again it's just 2024 they they, they didn't right? put a month or a time frame summer or spring or whatever yeah, right no so season if, if it was fall it would say fall um so maybe it is that it's just it'll be ready right around the summer time frame and then let's do a stealth drop interesting June showcase or you know say hey it's out in a month or whatever it is something like that look at you <laughs> yeah coming up <laughs> with the good stuff i i hear you um yeah it, it could very well be just that man um just gonna throw on some gameplay here from dragon's dogma the original yes I, that's another oh, yeah. game i'm waiting for dragon's dogma 2 it should be out in march um i'm i'm really liking dragon's dogma a lot it's such a fun game um anyways uh this, this i'm just j just random gameplay anyways um again so what what would you give the show overall uh for you uh i would give it a solid b i think it was b. uh you know the you know the feedback i um i would have is that there weren't enough release dates that are solid uh i understand because like if if you're saying this is kind of the schedule for the year um and we're not totally sure because they've gotten bitten so many times that it's better to For put sure. like a, a general release instead of an actual release date. I get that. But I think they need to kind of solidify this show, especially with the number of studios. Remember, this does not include ABK, right? With the number of studios and say, all right, this is going to be up to June showcase. So the developer direct is up to June showcase. 
and we've got solid dates for everything we're showing you here. I think that's going to have to be kind of the pattern going forward, right? They have too many games to not do that, mm -hmm. right? So they really do have to kind of just start putting that pattern together to say, hey, this is going to be the, the three, four, five games, whatever it is that are coming out that are partnered with or exclusive, right? Because now you have Visions of Mana, for instance, just partnered with uh, and exclusive for the first four or five months of the year, right? So that we can just kind of get a roadmap for the next quarter, quarter and a half until June showcase. And then we'll kind of get the rest of the year's uh, pattern, right? And then go from there. Uh, I think that would be better. So that was the, the part that really detracted it for me. Um, any one of these games is fine for me. I didn't have any problem with them. Um, I was kind of taken aback by the non-first party thing with Visions of Mana, um, but it was kind of cool to see Square Enix there, right? So yeah. What? What? Do you, speaking about Square Enix, um, what do you what do you think about this? Um, what do you think this says about the relationship between Square and and Xbox? <clears throat> They're pushing to make sure that the 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 synonymousness of Square Enix and PlayStation is is torn down a bit, right? That needs to start going away a bit. Um, it's still heavily tilted that way. Uh, their exclusives this year are Final Fantasy and Foam Stars. Right? Those are the exclusives they're getting on the PlayStation side. Both of them Square Enix games. Yes, they have Rise of the Ronin as well, but uh, but their exclusives, those are the games they're starting to get, right? So uh, they need to tear that down. Uh, it would be great to get exclusivity from um square to counter that narrative i doubt that's going to happen but uh that would be the the counter the other option of course is buy them that would totally take away that that whole narrative <laughs> the other option but, is just buy them which they can do um but as far as doing this it just slowly tears away at that hey everything is always associated with with sony right and it starts opening it back up for other platforms right octopath traveler for instance was a nintendo switch exclusive for a while right so they had that over there they might have more, right? That just keeps going with any given platform. They need to kind of open that up, right? They they really tied themselves down for a couple of years to PlayStation, which has been a problem for them because it it didn't really work out. Ultimately, uh, you know, they had to sell off their Western studios. Uh, their games are not selling as well as they want, right? They're the ones saying that. Uh, and so they've been in for financial headache for a while. Uh, it'd be better for them to just be everywhere. Uh, so they kind of need to open that up. And this is just a marketing deal. The game is going to come out to everything, which is great. Um, so it's just a marketing deal and I think they should do more of these, but that, that is the thing. The partnership is getting better because I'm sure Phil is saying, Hey, look, you can see your numbers. You did this with PlayStation. Here was the sales for final fantasy 16 for final fantasy seven, right? They didn't sell that well. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, if that, if that's not what you wanted, you know, we're not saying just put it on Xbox. We're saying put it everywhere. Right. PC is a massive market that we happily ha happen to own. But, you know, <laughs> you can come to the PC, you can come to the Xbox, and you can come to PlayStation, right? And if Nintendo can handle the game, put it on Nintendo, right? And we can happily market it for you. If you want to put it in Game Pass, here's a revenue share you can automatically get. You know, this just makes it easier for you, right? And they've been doing those kind of deals, right? They've been putting stuff in Game Pass as well. So I think this is kind of the thing they're going to have to, like, play through, and I think it's better for them to say I have an open partnership available, whether I want to go to, uh, over to Sony or I want to go over to Microsoft or go over to Nintendo and they can then work with, with us on various games and we get some you know uh, flexibility instead of just being locked into one platform where anything bad could happen and where are we left with, you know, what are we left with? And, and you have to be careful with that, right? So I think their previous uh, you know, head was really trying to push towards that PlayStation side. The new guy came in and said, no, 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 <laughs> gonna make it wide open. And I think that's a good thing. And so you can see that partnership is working. And so that's why you're getting, you're getting this. We're getting the Final Fantasy 14 
um, uh, beta starting next month, I think it is. For yeah. Their, and there's also for, for speculation that, that uh, Final Fantasy 16 might be coming on later this coming year over, yeah. to Xbox. Yeah. Uh, I will warn people, though, um, if you have not played Final Fantasy 16 um, and it comes to Xbox, I'm not saying don't don't get it, but man, I wish there was a way you could try it before you buy it. Because it, like it took in Game Pass. Yeah, it really. Yeah, it really wasn't for me. I, I yeah. put in a lot of hours into that game. I thought the narrative was okay. You know, I, I didn't think that that was bad. It was just the gameplay overall for me what just was not good. The combat yeah. wasn't very good, and the especially the combat against the uh, the bosses. They were all uh-huh. QTEs basically. It was a visual uh-huh. spectacle more than it was really gameplay it was got it against the bosses um and it i I just don't care for that i want more in the way of combat for me um i don't know i just i didn't care for it i know a lot of people loved it and it got really high review scores but i think those review scores are kind of skewed to i I don't know what it is (laughs) the final fantasy name i don't know what what really did it but the Final Fantasy uh, VII remake is so much better than Final Fantasy sixteen, which also should eventually come over, right? That's, that's yeah, I don't, I don't know why that hasn't it. yet, but yeah, it should, it should. But again, well, I do know why. Sony has just been throwing money at Square to keep that away, for yeah. sure. Uh, but hey, whatever. Hopefully, they do eventually yeah. make it over, right? So that would be very, very. See, nice. Colin Prime loved Final Fantasy sixteen. I, I just, I yeah. don't get that combat, man. It just. And again, not every game is. Perfect, yeah, no, right? no, but of course, it's of course. Variety. It's, it's having variety is awesome. Uh, I hope it it does well. Uh, so hopefully, if they bring it over, it sells enough to make it some money, which is good. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's the whole sure. point of it, right? So, but as far as the show, I give it a solid eight. I think it was pretty yeah. good for me. I I liked it. Yeah. Um, again, it was the release dates that killed me. I didn't I didn't like not having release dates. Um, I'm a little sick of the Senua thing. I I just kind of want to see the game now. Uh, so it was a little. Like, okay, you're showing me the same things I've already kind of seen. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I think okay, you just, you you so kind of really come it. to the same conclusion, probably earlier than I did, about this game just not being really for yeah, you. It just looks so, so samey to me. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, again, if you loved it, you're going to love this one. If you didn't like the first one, most likely you're not going to really care for Hellblade 2. But, again, things could change. Who knows? It's in Game Pass. I'm going to try it. If I like it, yeah, I, like I will it. definitely short. talk about it. Because it gives me a chance to play through it. Like, other, If it was like 20, 30 hours, I don't think I would, I'd play it. But if it's like six, eight hours, I'm like, okay. I can okay. Do yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Hargeet, apparently, uh, well, I guess if you're into the whole sales things, people, apparently, Xbox hardware sales were down last year. And and that was despite a hundred fifty dollar price cut, by the way, for their Series S and X consoles. Um, is this a, at all a shock to you at all, uh, Hargeet? They're they're like up in comparison to where they were before, but they're not as high as PlayStation. I guess or the Nintendo, shock was yeah. supposed to be that PlayStation is uh, still uh, outselling, even though it's at five hundred versus three fifty, right? Because they they heavily discounted the uh, Series X, um, and to that, I say, no, it's right in line with where it should be. My expectation for this generation, assuming it went to 27 or 28, right, 2027 or 2028, is that Xbox would sell about 60 million consoles and PlayStation would eclipse 100. 
right? That that was just what I would expected. Guess where they are? And halfway through the, the, the console generation, they're at half those numbers. It's 50 yeah, to 30. True. So is this surprising to me? No. No. Right? The, the surprising part is that the industry doesn't realize that that's where things are. Like PlayStation is going to get over 100 million consoles. So that's just the way it is. And Xbox will have absolute crap market share outside of the US. That's just standard practice for Xbox. They don't do well outside of the US. Right. Nope. To change that is what this is doing now. Right. When you start seeing people say, well, I want Indiana Jones on my PlayStation. Why isn't it there? Well, that's because you need to come to an Xbox if you want to play <laughs> this game. Right. And in the next yep. game that they want to get the same reaction and the next game, you get the same reaction when it gets to like five or six games. Those same people will break down and buy an Xbox. That's what will happen. Right. That, that, that's how you get people onto your platform. You, buy, you put out games that people want to play and they're only there. Right. So well, if you keep putting up more games like that, you'll get people to buy the Xbox. Well, for Xbox, so, the attraction is Game Pass. Let's clarify that there because that. there is that. The, the thing is, is for me, when I see that, oh, well, the console didn't sell, sell as well as PlayStation. Well, no shit. Xbox has Game Pass on PC as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that is a factor. Whether or not you care for PC or not, because Game Pass is there, that is a factor in a lot of people's uh, spending. Um, yep. If they have a PC, they're not going to buy an Xbox. They're just going to go Game Pass. Yep. The games are there. Or, or just buy the games from the Xbox store. It's just, it's, it's that way. Um, PlayStation, they don't really do that yet. The day and date thing. Eventually, I think they, they, they have to. I, I, I know a lot of people argue with me on that, especially on the Sony side. But eventually, I think they have to. Um, it's just something to where I don't see how they're going to continue making enough money for them in their eyes just doing what they're yeah. doing now. The whole exclusive thing to their platform only, day and date. Uh, it's we've seen the, you know, financials and stuff and what they've come out and talked about internally with all those leaks. It didn't look very good. Uh, so, I mean, they you were, know, I'm sure that they've done studies, right. To find out how yeah. many of their PS five players would switch to PC, um, given a simultaneous release, right. Versus how much they would have an incremental sales because they've, you know, when they do the marketing that pushes for both platforms instead of just one platform. Right. So when you do release it two years later, you're not spending a hundred million dollars in marketing. So, yep. you know, you're never really pushing that, hey, this game is now on PC. Whereas if you just simultaneously release it, right, and you say available on PS5 plus PC, right, you're getting that immediately, right? So people in Steam would say, Hey, I'm gonna go pick it up now because I just saw an ad for this game. It looks cool and I can play it on Steam. Ah, oh, awesome. I'm gonna go pick it up. Because that's what you want. You want the impulse buy, right? At like near full price. So that's what they should be looking for, right? And I don't know what that number, what those numbers would be. I would only expect that they would be better than releasing it later and not doing any marketing, right? Because the, the like the latest release for them will be the, the next release will be Horizon uh, Forbidden West, right? The one that you didn't like. <laughs> um, but is there any marketing for that? The yeah. way they announced it was a blog post. <clears throat> Interesting. There, there, there was a rumor that was put out recently, I think just the past couple of days, that um, something got leaked, apparently, uh, or somebody's claiming anyway, that there was a leak that uh, it showed that Ghost of Tsushima, uh, you know, uh, Gran, Tur Gran Turismo 7, a bunch of their games are going to PC very soon. So yep. this year. 
So I, I don't know. And, 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 and the thing is, it's like, and I'm not saying that they're not making money on their exclusives and the way they're doing business right now. Of course they are. But these companies are looking for ways to get more money, generate even more revenue because they want it. All right. So in those leaks and those documents, it showed that they were, you know, basically like, like looking at ways that we talked about already a couple of, you know, episodes ago where they might even divide games into uh, two parts and then sell each one for 50 bucks a piece. So in essence, yep. you're paying a hundred dollars per game. Um, yep. They're looking at that. They're also looking at selling games for 80 or $90 by 2027. That was even in the documents. So yep. they're looking at upping prices in one form or, or, or another. It's going to happen. Sony's going to do it. And you know what happens when a market leader starts doing stuff like that. Others fall, uh, follow suit for sure. And, and, and so it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing, man. I already say these $70 prices are ridiculous. And if, if they go up to 80 bucks, 90 bucks. That's that's they terrible. probably will though, and right? They probably Next gen comes will. along, they will probably go to eighty, ninety, hundred dollars, right? They will go to something higher. Um, we'll see, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. But also, the other thing that came out of that article talking about um, the sales being down for Xbox and stuff, uh, Hogwarts Legacy was the most sold game last year, beating out even Call of Duty. Everything, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy, and what a freaking game that game was so game's good. amazing game's amazing <laughs> so. uh if anybody wants to complain about anything being uh you know uh just look past it at the game awards or just purposely look past i should say it it was uh definitely hogwarts no. legacy um yeah. <laughs> it was such a good game such a good game so yeah, yeah. Be, uh, mo uh, biggest selling game of 2023 <laughs> Um, in Nintendo news, 8% of game developers say they're already working on projects for Nintendo Switch 2, Hargeet. Is, yeah. Is this, is this a little like low, cons considering that that's coming out this year? I mean, I mean this, that's a lot, isn't it? Is 8% is of developers a lot? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute, but it's supposed to be coming out. Um, I would assume the Nintendo Switch 2 is going to be back compat. Hopefully, Nintendo, hello? We don't know. Maybe. We don't know. Better um, be. <laughs> That's interesting, though. They generally tend to not do that, right? Yeah, I know. Um, they generally make you rebuy everything. <laughs> this is who they are. Um, there is a potential that it is backwards compatible, though. So we'll see. Like, they had a little bit of time where I think the GameCube to the Wii, you could do gamecube games on the wii and then we to the wii u you can do wii games on the wii u i think out of, outside of that they don't so. really do backwards compatibility so <clears throat> you basically <clears throat> are looking at getting everything again i hope they do though like it makes sense to have the digital store just kind of move forward they have the uh the virtual consoles where they have the nes games <laughs> snes games uh have they put n64 i think they put n64 and they put um sega was it Genesis uh, or Master System? One of those into their virtual consoles, right? For the backwards compatibility stuff. Um, so I hope they just continue that forward. But either way, I think 8% of the developers, like a lot of development happens on mobile, right? So I don't know if all those games would translate, you know, translate over to a console. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if if it's the major big development houses are looking at putting games onto Switch, that's fantastic. That's a lot of a lot of development studios, right? So it just depends on the games. It does mean that there's potentially quite a launch lineup, right? There could be could be quite a few games coming. Uh, given that there's a lot of backlog of games that never came to the uh, to the Switch, that could come to the Switch too, right? So a whole bunch of games that were released over the seven-ish years, whatever, six, seven-year lifespan of the Switch, uh, that couldn't go to that platform, but may be able to go onto Switch too, right? So there's certainly a potential for a whole bunch of older games to show up, plus some new games, right? So um, Are you looking forward to the Switch too, man? Are you looking forward to it? Of course, of course. Because like just their launch lineup of their games will be awesome. They'll have Mario alone. I just that alone will be enough. Right. When you have a mainline Mario or mainline Zelda, I'm done. I'm already there. I'm already there. Like just what do I pre-order? Right. So I'm already going to be having it just for that. On top of that, they have Metroid Prime 4 that's ready to roll, right? That's been in the works for a long time. Um, you know, so they'll hopefully have that. There's a a, uh Bayonetta, I think it was, or or Xenoblade, one of those uh, is coming along as well. So they have that, and they have plenty of other games as well, right? So uh, they're due for a Mario Kart. They're due for a Smash Brothers. Uh, you know, they're they're uh, you know, I don't know if they're gonna have a, a Zelda update. My guess is yes, right? They're probably gonna update uh, Tears of the Kingdom to run at you know, full 4K 60ish, right? So something like that. Um, so that'd be kind of nice to see, right? Uh, but we'll see. So we'll, we'll we'll see what they do with it. But I would expect them to at least have that main. What do you mean that'd be nice to see? Uh, Haven't you already seen that? Tears of the Kingdom in uh, so, 4K. I've seen a upres, right? So yeah, with yeah. Uh, with the uh, emulators on PC, you can do an upres, much like what Xbox does with older games, where it'll sort of upres it to 4K. It's not really 4K, but it's an upres. Yeah. And then it it cycles it higher so you can run it at 60 frames. Whereas this would be native, so they could actually give you higher yeah, quality yeah, textures at 4K. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I, do you really think so, they can build on a Switch 2 to make it 4K? That's the plan. That's that's their yeah, seriously. It, it's oh. going to be about wow. the power of the Series S, so it'll do a fourteen forty target with DLSS to make it four. Okay, okay. So that's their interesting. Plan. Uh, now we'll see how how they make it happen, but it's Boy. supposed to be that four ish teraflops. DLSS is a game changer, man. It is. It is. Right? It's really going to be is. baked in DLSS to make it uh, DLSS three ish, hopefully, um, to to give you that four K at least fourteen forty. And I think once you get beyond beyond fourteen forty, <laughs> it's it's good enough. Right. Once you get to that fourteen forty and higher, it's pretty good. Nate Dog. Uh, it, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Nate Dog in the chat said Metroid Four is overdue. Can't wait. Yeah. Way overdue. It is, it is. Gosh. Um, they announced that back in when? 2018, 2017? So, like it's been a it, while. It, it a was while. a long time ago. It might have been before that. Holy crap. I forgot all but about yeah, that. So if that comes along you know hopefully that comes up as, as a launch title it, it, this could be a very cool year for nintendo as well um and then you got like all these xbox games and playstation is going to give you something i don't know what they're going to give you but <laughs> yeah we'll i'm i'm gonna look that up when was that announced by the way <sighs> it's it, it doesn't it's not giving me something here oh 2017 yeah, wow. I was Holy right. Crap. 2017 <laughs> E3. Yeah, that was the last E3 Nintendo, I think, did. Actually went to. Yeah. Yeah, actually was there. Um, <laughs> gosh, man. And it was just a splash screen. 
And people went nuts, yep. including myself, because now, while I'm not a huge Nintendo fan, when I was younger, I loved N- Nintendo games. And Metroid was one of those games that freaking loved. Yep. So yep. I was looking forward <laughs> to another Metroid. And uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So it could be an interesting one, right? But it'll be very, uh, very short supply as usual, right? <laughs> when your Nintendo console comes out. So you'll yeah. have to like try to get that pre-order in pretty fast. Oh, <laughs> uh, Hargeet will have it day one. No doubt. I will. I will. <laughs> um, Hargeet, what's this about PlayStation using AI generated art for foam stars? What's this controversy surrounding it? I don't know if it's controversial, but just like you were saying about Obsidian, right? Or no, when so, I was talking about Power World and their AI generated art for their game yeah. and Obsidian, I guess for the voices, but yeah. So yeah. it's, it's just becoming more and more of the thing. Now it's going to be yeah. uh, similarly. They're they're looking to use AI to create. Was it the characters or was it like the the environments? I think it was the characters or something. The characters, like yeah. Um, and so this is just going to become more and more the norm. And the controversy is that they're using AI at all, right? Uh, but I guess this is just becoming a thing now. Like we should just expect this. Like going forward, you're going to see AI involved in a lot of games. And it allows the games to come out sooner, but it also allows you to get more interesting, uh, you know, variability, right? So, uh, you know, using AI, you can create different things, right? So uh, it will be interesting to see what they do with it. But like, I think, I don't know if it's controversial. I think it's more just informational that AI is here. It's already here and it's being used. Yeah, no, So it is. <laughs> just expect it more and more now. So Square is using it, and you know I think you're just going to see more and more studios do the same thing. There's going to be some involvement of AI somehow in almost all game development now. So, uh, but yeah, an interesting twist that you know even Form Stars is <laughs> the clone of a uh, of Splatoon is uh, is is just using AI as well. Yeah, I wonder if they're doing the same thing. Give me a character that looks a little bit like Splatoon's this character. <laughs> That's <laughs> just nuts. enough to make it pass. <laughs> Yeah, no, AI is, is, is something else, man. Um, it's not AI, but, uh, I was reading a, a, an article this week about video games and it was, it was actually a study on how, or if video games, violent video games in particular affects people's, uh, empathy. Um, and there was like a team of neuroscientists that got together and they got a group of like. I think it was like 90 people. Uh, they were all men uh, and they took them and they divided them into two groups and they had one group play a violent video game and they took the same violent video game for the other group. But with the other group, it wasn't violent. They were just taking pictures of people rather than like shooting them, I guess, you know? And so they made them play these, get this game for weeks, both groups doing the same thing yeah. for like weeks and and before they did that, by the way, they did like do brain scans and stuff on them uh, to see how you know things would affect their brain. Uh, and then when they played these games, they came back, they did the scans and everything again, and they would do the scans after every play session too. They would do that every day, and it came. Back, it turned out that nothing like they didn't see a difference in either group. So it, it their their findings were. Uh, basically this, they said that the people that played the violent video games, there was no real effect to these people, but 
these are healthy individuals. So they stress that, that these are healthy-minded individuals. So if you're a healthy-minded individual, we don't see a correlation with like you losing empathy over, you know, shooting people in a video game or whatever. So I just thought it was a really cool article and like, because we always heard about that. I'm sure, chat, you, you've heard people say, oh, you know, those games will do this to you, that to you. Oh, it'll make people violent. I know somebody that has kids that won't let them even play Fortnite. And these are teenagers. They're not even allowed to play wow. Fortnite because it's violence. Oh, they think that that really messes with your head. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. I mean, I, if you come into contact with people like that, maybe family, friends that might have said, like, Hargy, eat those games. Not good level, for you. No, but there are definitely people who are averse to uh, to even screen time, I guess, but just violence. And I, you know, like, I, I don't know that it really is good or bad, but like, so part of the human male psyche, it's actually good to let that that part of you get a release, right? It actually makes you more empathetic because you like you you've let let go of some of the anger and that, right? And then yeah. you just come back to your normal senses. So for for guys, it's actually kind of a good thing. I don't know how that works with women. I'm not sure because I'm just not a psychologist, right? But um, the for guys, it's just kind of a, like we act out physical all the time that's just normal that's just the way we are right we mm -hmm. play things like football why do we do that because well we are aggressive towards each other but it's all friendly fun that's the point of it we get our aggression out and that cleanses you know that cleanses our head that's how we work right so i think it's a good thing i think in general it's a good thing now are there individuals in the world that are mentally broken mm -hmm. and this could be the For last sure. straw sure but then it could be anything it could be you saw a missile attack somebody in the real world and yeah. it, it bombed a hospital and you're like oh my god i need to go like hurt people okay yeah, well that yeah. <laughs> that happens that happens there's yeah. not much we can do about that unfortunately it is what it is right but like so, but you can't just blame reality on things like that like people are broken they're broken people it's a very small percentage but they're there right the majority of people aren't going to be affected that way it's just it is what it is right but for some people it it, it could break them but then so could a violent movie but yeah like, seriously all you need to do is turn on the news and you will Gosh. see plenty of disgusting too violence. much and that's real life violence, right? So it is what it is, right? What do you do with that, right? Like this, you can just say, turn it off. Well, you can't turn that off. It's real. <laughs> like it's actually happening, right? So uh, so I, I was kind of shy away from those things. It's better for us to say, if there were a reaction, what can we do to mitigate it, right? And not say, turn it off. I'd say that the answer is reinforce people. But you don't have to. I think we can figure things out. If you're a broken individual, this is just a normal problem in society, right? And it gets very, like, long-winded as far as an answer. But, look, there are people who get broken through some uh, uh, trauma that happens to them. And then they hold it in, and they don't fix it. And if they don't fix it, later it can break. And that's usually when you get something like a school shooting, something stupid like that, right? That happens because that happens. Yeah, It's not because of violent video games. It's, not because, it's because they've yeah. held a trauma inside. And don't know how to process it. And, and, and that's great. That's why I I like the scientific sort of studies happening because it, it it helps validate those that you know are healthy minded individuals that like to play these sort of games and stuff like us yeah. and stuff. And you know it just it reinforces that you know this this stuff isn't that bad. Yeah. Um, it I I don't know because I mean I, I remember like in the nineties. Uh, I know there's some kids Very here well. probably like, I wasn't born until 95 or whatever. But <laughs> anyways, um, in the 90s, our government, the administration at that time, 
they were going after things hard. You remember like violent music, video games, and they would like destroy yeah. them and, and make these public scenes of, <laughs> of destroying this stuff because they thought it would cause people to get violent. And it's just, God, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> so the, the more these studies happen, the more I like it. So I like to read up on things like that. But it was a really yeah, interesting study. You get to have the, the clear de- you know, evidence of it, right? The For sure. Really make a difference. For sure. But um, no, it was uh, very cool. I'm glad you made the show, even though you weren't kind of feeling uh, un- under the weather today. You, you said that you weren't really totally clear and you've been coughing. There, but, so. <laughs> but no, thank you, Hargeet, for another awesome show today. Um, it was a great show. And I want to thank everybody in the chat out there. Thank you, guys. Hargeet, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so H Chani on Discord, H Chani on uh, Xbox, and uh, you can see me here at uh, Games GameStop Live every Sunday at 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, and then maybe at some point in the future we'll have RDX again. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> hopefully, <that> hopefully. <laughs> um, so whenever that happens, we'll be back on Dealer's Channel uh, on Tuesdays, and then Wednesday I'm on uh, uh, Double Barrel Gaming. Uh, Boom Sick Excels is a primetime gaming podcast, but Double Bar- Barrel Gaming is the uh, is the channel, and that's 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Uh, check that out as well. And every now and then, I'll show up on uh, Game On Daily. I'm still part of that. <laughs> the last episode was uh, was cool, but the one before that was when I was on, and uh, we had a heated debate. It was great. <laughs> you should check that out. <laughs> wow. Wow. I guess the game sound started playing. I don't know why. I got to fix some stuff technical difficulties guys sorry for uh that it was the first show that i've done with this you know uh, new programs completely different it's so there's bound to be some technical stuff going on but we apologize next week should be better um with that said i want to thank everybody who came out to the show and thank everybody who's listening to this after again remember there was some technical difficulties here and uh, we